The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Everyday Cannabis with host Eva Sativa. This groundbreaking podcast aims to clear the smoke on reefer madness by providing honest, open, and real cannabis talk with no sticks, no seeds, and no shame. Now, here's your host, Eva Sativa. Welcome to Everyday Cannabis with Eva Sativa. I'm here, of course, with my better half, Boris, the seizure-detecting service dog, and my co-host, Katie Ryder. Today, we have with us a wonderful guest that I'm really excited to talk to. We have Ben Polera, who is the campaign manager for United for Care, People United for Medical Marijuana in my home state. Can you guess what state that is? Oh, that reminds me, uh, we are live tweeting during the episode, so my handle is Eva Sativa 775 so quick, take a guess, no Googling. <laughs> it is the state of Florida. So uh, before we get to Ben, we're going to do uh, our, our question from a listener. And this is a really great question that I get all the time. So Katie and Ben, uh, feel free to chime in and helping me answer this question. This is a question from someone who is interested in using cannabis, but cannot smoke because they have a COPD. And there's a lot of reasons that people choose not to smoke. Maybe they're athletes or they just uh, prefer not to. Uh, what other ways can I use cannabis? So there are many, many, many alternative ways of getting the benefits of cannabis without uh, smoking, right? Uh, Top ones, Katie, vaporizing, right? Yeah, I'd say vaporizing is the most uh, common alternative, but we're seeing a lot of edibles these days as, you know, new, new consumers and patients really get exposed to the different kinds of uh, treatments they can receive, Myself, I've really been getting into capsules because it's just, if it feels familiar, it's a, yes. it's a method of administration that I'm used to, you know, I take vitamin supplements. Uh, and so it's just a lot simpler to take a small capsule than to smoke a joint or, you know, any, anything that really requires a lot of self-preparation. I agree. Capsules are fantastic, and they're also great if you are someone like me who has to medicate daily all day. You you don't necessarily want to have to take, you know, to eat a brownie every four hours. Well, you might want to eat a brownie every four hours, but uh, you're going to gain some weight, even even if they're uh, you get you get a little sick of eating the candy and the brownie. So capsules are an awesome choice. And I interrupted you there, Ben. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, one one of the biggest misconceptions about marijuana, whether we're talking about medical marijuana or adult use, is, is the notion that people want to smoke this stuff. I mean, most, most people don't want to smoke anything, right? I mean, you know, cigarette, cigarette use has been declining for years and years in this country. Um, we're getting healthier. People don't want to smoke things. And 
Um, and that's and it's uh, there's tons of other options out there as it relates to, to marijuana, whether medicinal or recreational. Um, and it's just moving more and more away from uh, from the older notion of you know smoking a joint or something like that towards vaporizing edibles, caplets, uh, you know creams uh, because that's that's what that's what people want. Sure, um, I I myself. Uh, make a lot of my own medicine, and uh, and also they have it available in dispensaries. But there's a lot of new products because some people don't like the waiting period of edibles because it can take up to two hours or longer to take effect. But there are new products that are made with tinctures that are immediate. Um, they're sublingual or buccal. That means it absorbs underneath your tongue, and it can take uh, you know only 30 seconds uh, for the benefits to be felt. And there are lozenges that, as the lozenge dissolves. It has a much quicker effect than uh, an edible would. Also, there are creams that can go right uh, on the area of, that needs a little bit of extra TLC, like your back. Most creams uh, are not psychoactive because they do not cross the blood-brain barrier, which is great for people who do not want to feel the psychoactive effects of marijuana, but they want that anti-inflammatory relief, the pain relief, uh, the anti-tumor growth properties, and and all the other benefits that it has to offer. Uh, So we've got our vaping, we've got our tinctures, we've got our creams and nutraceuticals, but uh, even uh, suppositories are available now for uh, cancer patients or those who, like myself, sometimes have difficulty eating at all uh, and they need something, some immediate relief. So have I missed anything here, guys? Yeah, I recently tried an inhaler and I don't have asthma. I've never used an inhaler before, so it was a completely new experience for me. But it was a quick, uh, satisfying delivery method Uh Unexpected, almost, uh, you know, no, no smoking involved, uh, sort of like taking mouth spray. And it was only a few minutes uh, before feeling the effects. Oh, wow, that's neat. I haven't had a chance to use something like that. I've, I've gotten, you know, a desktop vaporizer. I have a Dabuda, which is similar to like a Silver Surfer. I've never had a chance to use like a Volcano or another product like that, too, where you can capture the, the vapor in, in the, almost a balloon <laughs> and use it that way. Um, that's another kind of, I mean, it's still vaporizing, but it's just an, a, another way of doing it. So... Um, you know, there's almost as many methods as there are strains at this point, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there, there's just, uh, for every user, there's a perfect method of administration that's going to work for them. So you do not have to smoke. Uh, that's a, a myth conception, like I like to call it. Um, so I think we pretty much covered that, that question. And uh, I did want to do a little bit of a product review, too. Uh, before we get on to the to the beef of the the interview here, um, and I was reviewing actually uh, a CBD product that we kind of touched on some of those in our in our last episode, and I didn't get to really uh, talk about these two Apothecana products that I tried. Um, these are legal. Uh, in all 50 states, they're CBD products, which means they are they're, these are hemp derived, and they have less than 0.3 percent uh, of uh, THC in them. 
they are 12 milligrams of CBD uh, in one of them per two fluent ounces, and the other is 25 milligrams of CBD. Um, one of these is an extra strength relieving body cream that's uh, got arnica, peppermint, juniper, and cannabis for pain relief. And the other is a calming body cream that has lavender, chamomile, frankincense, and cannabis. And uh, I use these for a good week now so that I could give it, you know, really a good test. And I have to say, these are really good products. Um, They go right, you massage it uh, as needed onto your sore area or the the problem skin. So if you have a skin issue, um, and it does suggest that you spot test prior to use. And it says, do not use if you're pregnant or using or on broken skin and to discontinue use if uh, irritation or dis- dis- uh, discomfort is experienced. Always, always follow the directions on the packaging. Uh, but these, both of these products worked really well for my lower back pain that I've been having this week. And I would, I would definitely recommend them. They're called Apothecana. And I'm going to post a picture of them uh, on the website, on, on Facebook and Instagram. So everyone can take a look-see. And, uh, you, and we'll try and find out if you can order these um, or if they're available at a, at a store near you. Um, they probably have a website online. We'll find that out and post it too. So just uh, two excellent reviews of some CBD products that you can get anywhere. So, uh, have you? Are you into the CBD products at all, Ben? Do you like them? I I have zero experience with them. Zero experience with them. I just no, like but to I ask, know. So in, in 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 Miami, where where I live and where the campaign is based, there's been a couple shops that have cropped up just to sell these CBD products. Not not the CBD stuff under Florida's current medical marijuana law, but stuff like what you're talking about. And uh, can you enlighten us before we even get started? Because it's a little confusing as to what... Oh, we're getting the break, so you will have to talk about it when we get back. But we want to know exactly what what is the current law in Florida, because it is a little bit confusing. And I'll have you explain that, as well as uh, a lot of other things that we want to talk about in the state of Florida. Uh, so everybody, uh, follow us, please, on social media, and engage with us on Facebook. Uh, there are a lot of Eva Sativas, and I'd like to give a shout-out to my sisters, but I'm Eva Losi Grossman, Eva Sativa, so that's where you can find me. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm Eva Sativa. 775. So share with us your photos. Uh, ask us your questions. We love feedback. What do you want to know, but you are always afraid to ask about? There are no stupid questions and there's no judgment here. So during the break, go on Twitter. Let Boris and I know you're listening and let, let us know what you think about uh, what we're talking about here today. We'll be right back with Everyday Cannabis with Eva Sativa and Ben Polera. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. 
Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. That's Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Everyday Cannabis with me, Eva Sativa, my co-host, Boris the Service Dog. He's a silent type. And Katie Ryder, we are honored to have here with us today, Ben Palera. Ben is the campaign manager for United for Care, the campaign to approve medical marijuana in Florida. Yay! He has been involved in democratic politics in Florida since 2002 and serves as a member of Hillary Clinton's National Finance Committee. Ben uh, is a partner at LSN Partners in Miami, Florida, and I believe I saw that you raised over $12 million during your work with the Hillary campaign. So kudos, Ben. That is impressive. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That, that was back. That was back in 2008. I have not raised that much uh, this time around, but I, uh, I appreciate the introduction and thank you for having well, me on you, the show. You, you've been busy. You've been busy. So uh, before we we left for the break, I just wanted to to get it on the records. What currently is the law with medical marijuana in Florida? Well, listen. As, as far as I consider it, and as far as you know, MPP and uh, Students for Sensible Drug Policy and Americans for Safe Access and Drug Policy Alliance and all these other national marijuana reform organizations consider it. Florida does not have a medical marijuana law per se at, at, at the current moment, and we will not unless unless 60 percent uh, or more of, of the voters of Florida pass Amendment Two uh, this November general election. So what we do have is is a uh, is a law that allows for a, a very you know limited extraction of cannabis that is very high in CBD and very low in THC. Um, and it's, it's a little bit higher in, in THC than the, the product that you were just describing in the previous segment. I think our, our limit is like 1% uh, THC and, and at least 12% or 13% CBD. Um, but uh, for, all, for all intents and purposes, it is not a medical marijuana law um, since it is only this narrow, low THC, high CBD um, extract and only available in, in oil form and only available for, for people suffering from a very small number of conditions. Hey, Ben, this is Katie. I was in Florida last summer 
when uh, applicants were going through the process to try to become a cultivator or dispensary of these CBD products. Can you give me an update on what the actual access is for patients in Florida? Has Have patients been able to get any medicine? Is it is it any better than it was before those licenses were given out? Um, yeah, so some of these some of these licensees have have opened up um, retail and delivery services over the course of the last I don't know month maybe. Uh, I don't know the to date number of registered patients, but it's it's not very high. As of a couple weeks ago, it was in the fifties. I think uh, in fifties like fifty one, fifty two, not fifty thousand. Um, so wow. uh, you know, yeah. So yes, people are getting the medicine. Um, I don't know if, uh, given given the THC to CBD ratios, I don't know if the medicine is helping. I, I hope that it is helping the people who are getting it, but uh, I don't think a whole lot of people are getting it because of how difficult uh, qualifying under the law is, and because of the fact that uh, you know most people are going to need more THC than you know. 0.08% or whatever they're getting in, in what you're legally allowed to get right now. So, Ben, uh, in, in 2014, your organization spearheaded a similar ballot proposal uh, that was also called Amendment 2. And in what I like to call Florida math, no offense, you lost with 58% of the vote. How is it possible that you lo- how is it possible that you lose with fifty eight percent? Is that isn't that a clear majority? I mean, this must have been very frustrating. Tell me about that experience from your perspective after working so hard, and what do you think happened? Yeah, I mean, listen. Well, I know, we know what happened, which was you know an out of state billionaire, Sheldon Adelson um, from from Nevada. Uh, spent five and a half million dollars on on TV ads attacking us. I mean, the the total of the opposition was seven million dollars. That is that is more by a factor of two or three than the entirety of every dollar raised and spent in opposition to marijuana reform campaigns over the last twenty years throughout the country. Um, so, what happened was, you know, we got we got killed on TV by an out of state billionaire who, uh, you know, who, who funded a campaign that. Uh, did not attack medical marijuana, by the way, but attacked the fine points of, of uh, the law that was in front of voters um, and basically misrepresented uh, the law with, you know, 10,000 points of TV behind those misrepresentations. Um, and so, you know, why, 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 does, why does 58% not count as a win in Florida? Uh, the answer is somewhat, somewhat ironic. Uh, it's that we, the state of Florida, passed a constitutional amendment Back in 2006, I believe, uh, with 57 percent of the vote uh, to raise to raise the threshold from 50 to 60. <laughs> that sounds like Florida math. Uh, ben, you talked yep. about Sheldon Adelson. Uh, is he involved this time around? And what is the the situation look like in terms of what you guys have for funding versus the opposition? Well, I don't know what I don't know what I don't know what the opposition has committed. They've threatened uh, on multiple occasions to spend ten million dollars. So far, they've raised a little under two million dollars, um, and they've got more money in the bank than we do by by quite a bit. I mean, I know what money we have committed, so I'm not that worried. But I don't know what money they have committed. And uh, to date, Mr. Adelson has not written a check. I hope it stays that way, but um, but I don't know. And I got a plan like like he's going to write you know a big check. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you know we got to the, the opposition didn't really form until um, 
you know, until sp- late spring of this year. But we were always running the campaign, planning to have a robust opposition, but uh, but hoping, hoping, hoping that uh, that that they would kind of go away. So, uh, this is so we so, shall see. This is just so frustrating and ironic to me, uh, being a native Floridian who had to move to Nevada, <laughs> where, where Sheldon Adelson is from, um, in order to save my own life um, and and to be able to medicate and not be a criminal. And since having moved here, two people very close to me in Florida have uh, been diagnosed with cancer. And it is so frustrating to me to know that that they can't have the medication that they deserve. Uh, I can't tell you. It's just unbelievable. How can people contribute to the campaign? Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for that segue. Uh, they, they can go to www.unitedforcare.org, uh, unitedforcare.org. And, uh, and I, I would like to point out, along, along with that, that um, our opposition has raised the $1.8 million they've raised from, I believe, six contributors. Um, we have almost 8,000 contributors to this campaign. Uh, we are we are really fueled by the grassroots. So, um, if your listeners can become one of one of those uh, grassroots donors at unitedforcare.org, that would be hugely appreciated. It certainly would. They definitely deserve it. They really do. It's about time that Florida has this. Um, there have been so many people just waiting. Not everybody like me is fortunate enough to be able to. Uh, leave the state to medicate and people are literally dying while they're waiting for this it's true so uh so what what uh what do you see as the future of the cannabis industry in florida in five or ten years uh i mean i, I think it's i think it's going to be a, a flourishing industry i mean this is listen this is a huge state um you know we have 20 million people and uh you know estimates of how many people might might qualify or, or take advantage of a medical marijuana law like the amendment we're on the precipice of passing is, you know, between a half a million and over a million people. And that's, that's a lot of, a lot of people potentially getting relief. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of potential commerce around it. I mean, this is a, I think a really exciting, um, a really exciting time for all those, you know, sick and suffering Floridians who are finally going to, going to see something that, that might help them. Um, but also, it should be really, really exciting for the industry. I mean, this is um, this is going to be, you know, a big, I think, well-regulated, um, you know, relatively open, um, while while being well-regulated, cannabis market. Um, and I think it's uh, and it would be the first southern state, and I think the state that probably looks the most like America out of all the states that that have um, that have legalized you know, cannabis, whether whether medical or, or otherwise, in, in this country. I totally agree. Well, um, we're going to have to take another break here, but when we come back, I'd like to hear where you see yourself in five years and some other topics that I'd like to discuss. So, uh, again, people, uh, please donate to that campaign. Uh, Go online. uh, And uh, can you tell them one more time how to do that? I would love to. Unitedforcare.org. Thank you. Uh, And again, uh, please uh, stay tuned to the show. Uh, Watch us and and stay with us on social media. Mention and let us know if you have any questions about this topic or any topic, ideas you have for shows that you would like to hear. Contact me at Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com and we'll be right back with you after this break. 
Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. That's Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. You are still listening to Everyday Cannabis with me, Eva Sativa, Boris, Katie Ryder, and Ben Palera from Florida. And we are having a great conversation. We're going to pick it up right where we left off, Ben. Please tell me where you see yourself in five years. That is a much more difficult question. I will have to get back to you on that one. But I, 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 I certainly, I certainly, I certainly see myself remaining, remaining uh, in this, in this movement, in this issue as, as an advocate for, uh, uh, for medical marijuana in particular, but for uh, marijuana reform uh, in general. That's great. Well, let, let me ask you this question. You know, there's a lot of seniors in Florida. I know because I, I, I was born and raised there most of my life. So that's, uh, you know, almost a good, a good chunk of it, a good 30 years of it was spent there. And when I moved here and we opened the dispensary, the, that was our biggest demographic was seniors. That is who came to us and who was helped the most. I think our average patient was aged uh, 50-something to start. So, Florida, are the seniors with you? Yeah, I mean, I think they are right now. Um, you know, seniors, listen, right now we're polling in, in, in our internal polls in the high 70s. So you don't, you don't see those kind of poll numbers without everybody being with you uh, in, in some way. Um, but in the, in the last election, and I think it will be the case in this one as well, seniors uh, are, are one of the most persuadable groups. Right, they they start supportive, like like the vast majority of Floridians do, but um, but they can be they can be persuaded to move in one direction or the other uh, in in much more of a way than than younger folks who have more concrete ideas about marijuana and mar- marijuana reform can be. Also, you know, and I I, I want to do a whole show about this, and we will eventually, but I know that Florida, very much like Nevada, has suffered greatly from the opiate epidemic. I have personally lost friends 
And uh, I think it's, you know, it's something that we're all aware of. It's a huge problem. Um, my my view is that because I, I was a and I, I mean I'm a patient and I've been a chronic pain patient and marijuana has helped me to get off of those narcotics and at the dispensary where I worked it, I watched it time and time again help people to lessen the amount of narcotics or get off the narcotics that they were taking so I I see cannabis as a solution to this ep- epidemic. Um, do you see? this being a possibility for Florida where I know that uh, it's been a a big, it's it's suffering for a long time. Yeah, no, I, I, listen, I I think I feel very similarly to you on this. Um, and, and I've got, you know, personal experience with, with this as well. Um, and, and really that's my, that's my connection to this issue. It's not, you know, I don't have, you know, cancer in my family or, or anything like that. It's, um, it's it's people that I know and, and love that have, have gotten addicted and lost their lives to addiction, um, and and I really believe in my heart of hearts that uh, you know we take too many prescription drugs and uh, you know to the extent that we can we can supplement or replace the narcotics that that the pharmaceutical companies are, are feeding us with uh, with marijuana or with, with anything else I think that's a good thing for all of us. Um, and uh, and that's and that's been demonstrated with with some data at this point. I mean, there was a study a study not that long ago that showed in states with uh, with medical marijuana laws versus those without in a year where opiate overdose de- overdose overdose deaths were rising nationwide. Um, states with medical marijuana laws on the book saw a twenty five percent decrease in opiate overdoses. Um, and uh, you know, I think it's a particularly acute problem here in Florida because. You know, we quote unquote solved the pill mill epidemic because we shut down all these pill mills. But guess what? That left a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of opiate addicts in the state. And you know, what are they doing now? They're they're putting heroin into their veins. Um, and and now we've got a little mini heroin epidemic in Florida. We've got in Miami Dade County, uh, I think the highest uh, rate in the country for new HIV AIDS transmissions. And that is, uh, mm-hmm. and that is, uh, you can draw almost a direct line between shutting down the pill mills to people moving to heroin to, to you know, this new little you know HIV epidemic in, in South Florida. I mean, it's really, it's really, uh, you know, horrible. As a chronic pain patient, it's very difficult to go from taking those narcotic medications to taking nothing. So cannabis is the best thing that I've seen, the best solution I've seen, because it is safe and it, and it really works. And without it, you know, I wouldn't be able to be here conducting this interview with you today. So, um, you know, everybody knows my stance on it. What are, what are your feelings, Katie? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've seen a lot of anecdotal evidence from just patients coming into the dispensaries, uh, you know, where we visited or worked from stories we've heard around the country that cannabis is definitely helping people to get off of these prescription drugs. And like Ben mentioned, there have been stats that have come out recently showing a decline in the epidemic in states where there is access to regulated medical cannabis. So it seems like it's an issue that is becoming uh, mainstream very quickly. I hope that it's something that middle America can connect with and really start to see the truth about medical marijuana. Uh, you know, it's, it's a medical marijuana is an issue where once it affects you personally, 
then you support it. I see that a lot, especially from our friends on the right. Uh, You look at somebody like Dana Rohrabacher, super conservative Republican, big supporter of medical cannabis because his mother was affected by cancer, I believe. And he saw firsthand how it could be used in a beneficial way. Uh, So, you know, it's, it's hopefully we'll see, you know, not just people helped by cannabis, but also, you know, from an issue standpoint, just greater acceptance of cannabis use. And with that, I think maybe just greater acceptance of addiction and mental health as a whole and people who have these issues, really, and being able to talk about it and have a national conversation about the war on drugs that isn't working and what we can do to help people that does work. And and by the way, I think that conversation is being had on the national level uh, in this in this presidential campaign to a greater extent than it, than it has been in my lifetime. Um, and I think it's, it's somewhat due to the fact that the opiate epidemic hit, you know, New Hampshire as hard as it did. But um, both Hillary and, and Trump have, have spoken on this issue. They're both Hillary and Donald Trump are for medical marijuana, by the way. Um, and, uh, and this issue, you know, of, of mental health and addiction uh, and treating addiction as a, as a health issue rather than a, a criminal justice issue is uh, is definitely at the forefront in a way that it hasn't been in in my lifetime, I think. And taking the shame out of it because there is no shame in it, and that and I think it's time that when you remove the criminal the criminality from it is when that will finally take the shame out of it. So. And a, a quick question for you. The, here's a quick loaded question for you. <laughs> so um, what, what is your greatest hope uh, and your greatest fear for the future of the cannabis industry in this country? Uh, in this country? I mean, listen, my, my, my well, greatest hope is that, is, is that, this, is that this issue um, of, of marijuana reform broadly, but mar- medical marijuana in particular, continues to move forward and and doesn't get um, and doesn't get undue setbacks uh, like a you know like a major loss this November in either Florida or California would be right. I think if, if either if either of these two states um, fail to pass the, the laws that are before the voters, that is a gigantic setback for uh, for anybody who cares about this issue, this industry uh, on a national level. Um, and so you know my my hope is that this this uh, this continues to to push forward. Um, on a state-by-state basis, but also that um, that the federal government does more than what they've done so far. Which, um, granted, the, I think the federal government has done more more moving forward on this issue in the last couple of years than they had in the you know 50 years prior to that. But uh, but there's still a lot more to be done, um, particularly as it relates to the industry, um, which is you know which is suffering hugely at this point from a lack of access to even the most basic financial services. And uh, and also having to to pay you know essentially a hundred percent effective tax rate um, because of the two eighty provisions in in the IRS code. Yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> that is a problem. Banking in general is a major problem in the industry that is uh, constantly um, an issue right now for everyone who works in it. Uh, at least it was when I did, and I'm hoping that that will improve soon. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I think, you know, my, I, I, my also my greatest, my greatest hope is that it will continue to trend in the direction that it does, but my, I, I do have a fear that it will get almost too big too fast uh, uh, 
and I, and with that, unfortunately, though, uh, we're going to have to take a break in a second. So um, you can kind of chew on that and maybe what I mean by it. <laughs> and then we'll be back. And we're going to just do a little bit of a segment. When we get back, we're going to spin the wheel of uh, pharmacologically active ingredients <laughs> because there are so many in cannabis. And uh, whatever we land on, that's the one we're going to talk about. Um, so if you like what we've been listening to and you're interested, uh, please write to us. Uh, if you have a product you'd like us to review or something exciting for us to talk about, please contact us at info at everydaycannabis.com and we will be right back to spin the wheel of cannabinoids, terpenoids, and flavonoids. <laughs> See you in a few. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. That's Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. Now, back to the show. And we are back. It's Everyday Cannabis with Eva Sativa, Boris, Katie Ryder, and our fantastic guest, Ben Polera. We are going to spin the wheel (laughs) of all the pharmacologically active ingredients in cannabis. And this week, lo and behold, we've landed on limonene. (laughs) Limonene actually is a terpenoid. And it is uh, uh, actually I picked limonene, so uh, it, it was uh, it was planned. The reason I picked limonene is because it sounds like citrus, and because we're doing this Florida themed episode here. Uh, limonene is a terpene that has been used as a supplement for a very long time uh, due to its strong citrus aroma, which a lot of people like, and it, and it has a little bit of a bittery taste. It's very useful in treating depression and anxiety. And again, this is found in cannabis. It's not a cannabinoid. It's a terpenoid. And cannabis, cannabinoids and terpenoids and also flavonoids, they work together in a synergistic effect. Some people call it the entourage effect uh, to 
to have a, a benefit that they wouldn't normally have singularly. So it's useful for treating depression and anxiety, but it's really well known for treating gastric reflux, like heartburn, uh, by neutralizing the gastric acid and promoting normal peristalsis, which is the waves that, that create the motion that move the food through your GI system. It's also an antifungal agent, and its ability to permeate proteins makes it ideal for treating toenail fungus. There's a fungus among us. Get rid of it with D-limonene. Um, so look for creams with this terpene to treat if you have a fungus. Also, it assists in the absorption of other terpenoids and other cannabinoids, through the skin. So if you have a cream and then it's got limonene in it, it will absorb into your skin and into your mucous membranes. Or if you, if you, if you eat it, um, it will absorb better into your digestive tract. It's also known to be an effective anti-tumor growth while at the same time being an immunostimulant. So this is something that might benefit someone who is suffering from cancer. Um, it occurs naturally in some strains of cannabis. And also it can be found in citrus fruit rinds because there are some foods that can help your endocannabinoid system. And I just wanted to point out um there's been a lot of research done on limonene and cancer. And so a number of preliminary studies that were published in the 90s indicated that D-limonene may protect against cancer. And there was a research review published in Critical Reviews in on Oncogenesis in 1994. Research determined it might help inhibit the growth of tumors and it might possibly protect against breast cancer. In 2012, a study from Human and Experimental Toxicology tests on mice. I'm sorry that they tested on mice. That makes me sad. But it did reveal that D-limonene may help protect against skin cancer, in part by reducing inflammation and oxidative stress. And a 2012 study published in Life Sciences suggested that D-limonene might help fight colon cancer. So in tests on human cells, the study's authors also found that it may protect colon cancer by inducing apo apoptosis. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure I'll get emails. Where that And it stops the proliferation of cancer cells. So I apologize for reading some of that. I know it's a little bit boring, but it's really important to know all of these things about limonene, which is commonly found in many strains of cannabis that you can get at your local dispensary. And um, it's, it's, it's an important ingredient. It is not psychoactive and something that you should know. So... Uh, anybody, uh, did I miss anything about limonene there? Yeah. <laughs> did I? <laughs> you know, what are, what are some, uh, common strains or even uncommon strains that have, uh, you know, high levels of limonene? Uh, that is a really good question. And I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, I'm thinking, uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Do you know any? Are you asking me? I knew I wouldn't be asking. <laughs> Off the top of my head, they're not coming to me. You have stumped me. So that is something for, I think, the listeners to come back and school us on. I think blueberry might be one. I could be wrong. Blueberry. Strains high in limonene. My, my husband, who's the grower, is in the background mouthing things at me. <laughs> <laughs> if I but had to take a guess, I would think uh, tangy anything. Uh, I would 
Yeah, I would think some anything that smells citrusy, anything that you smell really citrusy would probably be high in limonene. But when you go to any good dispensary, they should have the um, on the they should have the laboratory results there, and you should be able to see the level of limonene in there. And always ask, always ask for the lab results and look. Um, but I would think a citrusy thing like maybe tangy might be, I'd, but I don't want to be wrong because if I'm wrong, I, I'll get schooled. So um, I will come back and let you know on the next episode. Very good question. I'm thinking anything that has a nice citrusy smell and I'm actually, I'm trying to Google it as we, but that's, you can't do that on the show. You just can't do that because uh, it will create a lot of dead air. But, um, you know, so I think limonene is a really good thing that you should have in, if you're trying to make yourself uh, a cream, if you want to make a cream, you should look for a strain that's high in limonene before you start. And then you can make your coconut oil and it will permeate your skin a little bit better. Uh, and it's only one of what? How many terpenoids are there? Over 170, I believe. And there are something like 800 pharmacological, pharmacologically active ingredients in cannabis. And that is just one of them. Uh, but there are, you know, there's some that are more common than others. I believe here in the state of Nevada, they've come up with 10 that they test for. And so limonene is one of the more common ones. And that is one that they would be testing for normally. And you can ask about it at your dispensary or you can even go in and say hey do you have any strains high in limonene and they will tell you unfortunately it is not like that in california at the moment uh, dispensaries and growers are not required to test their products so only certain dispensaries have the cannabinoid profiles available Uh, then there's also a question of you know whose whose results do we trust which labs provide the most accurate results. It's just a less regulated system than Nevada, where I think there's a bit more oversight. Uh, That is true. Good point. And in which case, I would turn to a site like Leafly, um, which is pretty good. And uh, I would look at the strains on Leafly looking to see who, you know, what has limonene and, and, you know, strains... It's kind of hard to know, you know, a lot of different things can affect the strain, not just, hey, was that the right, you know, genetics exactly, but also how it was grown, uh, whether it was, you know, soil, whether it was hydroponic, what nutrients were used, what uh, was the environment like, all of these things can affect the levels of terpenes that, that, that the strain may have. So, you know, it's, it's. It, the the results from the lab tests are really the only true way to really, really know. But some strains are known to be higher in terpenes than others. And I'll come back at you with some. In fact, I will Twitter uh, those results af- with this show so that everybody knows because I just don't want to give anybody any information that I don't know is 100% accurate. Oh, okay. Super Lemon Haze. And Tanji, that my I got I got I got a note I got a note do 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 that just in <laughs> super lemon haze and Tanji those are some strains that are high in limonene so uh, that's what I would look for <laughs> and uh, does anyone uh, do you have well I guess Ben in Florida I know there's a few people out there growing but uh, do you know uh, uh, if there's any particular strains that they're growing or are they, are there any limits on potency or anything like that? Um, 
I don't know about what's being grown, but what, in terms of what's being sold, they, I, I don't believe it can have any more than 1% THC in it, and it has to have at least like 13% CBD. Um, okay, so that which is impossible, really. So right. Well, they they have to they they can only sell extracts, right? So I don't know what. Wait, what they're in growing Florida, they can only get, sell extracts. Yeah. At this point, yep. Okay. Okay. At this point, I see. And then the extracts have to be. Uh, then that's essentially like a CBD extract. Correct. Okay, I see. So as I went to the convention there, oh, it looks like we're about out of time. And that is what they pretty much had there was CBD extracts. But soon, if Ben has his way, because he has been working so hard, then they will be real live cannabis plants growing and actual patients receiving this good, safe, affordable medicine and getting helped here real soon so we're about to wrap it up here and i want to thank you ben palera campaign manager for for united for care people united for medical marijuana in florida for coming on the show today and being with us we really appreciate it and we wish you the best of luck and, uh, I know that my parents will be voting. Uh, I know how they'll be voting. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And hopefully you'll come back and tell us how, how awesome things are in a year from now. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, it's been a fun episode. We've learned all about Florida uh, from orange groves to uh, tangerine dreams, right? <laughs> and uh, it's been a great episode. Please get in touch with us. Donate at unitedforcare.org. That's unitedforcare.org to help Florida and patients in Florida before they run out of time. This is Eva Sativa. You can reach me at eva at everydaycannabisradio.org. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Eva Sativa775 is my handle. I'm Eva Losi Grossman. Thank you so much for listening. And please tune in next week. Hope to see you then. And keep it real. Boris says, Mark, bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Cannabis. Please join Eva Sativa for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, no sticks, no seeds, no shame. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.